Hi, I'm Kalina Bovell. Hi, I'm Marty Austin Lamar. Hi, I'm Lisa B. Thompson. Hi, I'm Tally Allen, and you are listening to the Call and Response Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Call and Response Podcast with Felicia Fitzpatrick. And I know y'all, I like y'all know that I'm aware and y'all know that I'm aware that y'all are aware that I'm aware. But let me just say I'm aware that every week I say I'm so hyped. I'm so thrilled. I'm so excited. And this week is no exception because I am so extra hyped, thrilled, excited, all of the things to talk to this week's guest because we've never actually met in real life because it is the age of Corona. Um, but I have met her virtually. I saw her on a conference call and we kind of like locked virtual eyes. And I was like, Oh, I gotta know this woman because she was the only other black woman on the call. TBH. <laughs> just, just like it is what it is. And so I got her contact info. I emailed her and she said, Oh my gosh, I wanted to connect with you too. So I knew that we were going to be cool. We were going to connect. Please give a warm welcome from wherever you're listening to Tally Allen, the director of education at the Muni. Hello. That is so funny. (laughs) I know. I'm just, but like, it sounds a little woo, but I feel like I can feel people's energy even mm-hmm, through a Zoom screen. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I like Ditto. energy. I was cool. Like, Who is that girl? <laughs> I must meet her. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I'm so excited to learn about your journey today because I just, I mean, I think the conversation's happening more and more these days, but arts education, like, is so crucial. Yeah. And you are out, like, you're out there on the ground doing the dang thing. Like, I'm, I'm ready to hear all about how you got there why you love what you do all the things okay I'm definitely trying yes. that is for sure well so let's start off with my favorite question which is okay. how did you get involved with how did you discover performing arts um well I'm a pianist first so I started taking piano at three my parents oh my gosh yeah yes. my parents threw me in um and so that's how I got involved um and and just kind of grew from there. Like I started piano at three and and was in lessons my whole life. My first degree is in piano Um, and, you know, choir in middle school and and high school. And I accompanied the choir and did all the things and got into theater in high school and, um, you know, all all of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's just been a part of my life, my whole life. And that, I mean, that was, there was no other plan for me. Um, really much to the chagrin of my parents yeah I mean there there was no plan b I didn't know exactly what I was gonna do um in it but I knew that I was gonna do that that I mean Mm -hmm. that that, there was that was it for sure so I'm so curious and I want to hear more about it because it does feel that way where like parents are down for their kids to do the arts when they're younger it's like creative expression but then when they choose for it to be a career parents are oftentimes like and not so viable. Right. Um, well, my both of my parents are, are teachers. Um, okay. Uh, and so they were both like, well, you, I mean, yeah, you can major in piano, but I mean, you're going to have to get an education degree. I mean, you're going to have to do, you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, I, it's so funny. I was like, I hate kids. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not getting an education degree. Um, and they were like, well, you're getting something because I don't know what you think that piano degree is going to do. You know what I mean? So Unless funny. you, cause you're not, you know, we all knew like I, classical piano mm. wasn't really where it was at for me. Um, and they're like, you're not going to Carnegie hall. That was, you know, 
definitely a self-imposed thing. Like I, that just wasn't my, wasn't, wasn't, mm. wasn't what I loved. So they were like, what do you, you know, you got to do something. And, and um, I was like, fine, you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll minor in education, but again, I hate children. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, so, so I, funny. you know, I, I did, I, I, and I like dropped the minor. Like I think I did student teaching for like two or three weeks and I, I went to Spelman. So like I did, you know, two or three weeks of this mm-hmm. element. I was like, I hate this. So I, um, I minored in, I mean, you know, majored in piano and I, and I did all that. And, um, then I, I had gotten being in Atlanta in the late nineties, you know, yes. the dream gig is you get an internship at La Face. You know what I'm yes. saying? <laughs> you get yes. an internship, you know, or you do, you do, you get the record labels and all of that. And I'm mm. from Nashville. Um, oh, okay. and yeah. so, you know, I went home and, and was doing the, the record label thing and doing some studio session work and all of that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to work in the music business. that's what I'm going to do. You know, um, college kid making a hundred bucks an hour playing, you know, whether it was country music, gospel music, it didn't matter. You know, you're making that kind of, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That works. Uh Um, and so (laughs) I was working in the music business for a little bit and I was like, okay, this is not good. Like, I hate this too. Like what, you know? Oh my gosh. It was just a cesspool for me. Like, and for me, I just, I didn't, um, I just didn't like the really the character of some of the things I was having to do, you know, seeing the contracts that some of these kids were having to sign and, um, you know, Mm -hmm. sign their life away. Like that stuff didn't feel good to me at the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I just, I didn't like it. And, um, so I wasn't, I wasn't enjoying that. And my high school theater teacher called and said, Hey, I lost my music director for Oklahoma. Can you come do that? And I was like, I don't know how to do that. And she was like, well, you know how to play the piano. And I was like, yeah, I don't know how to do that, you know. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I think you do. You should just come do that for me or I'm going to call your mother. (laughs) And I was like, Uh I mean, I think I was like 21, 22, you know what I mean? But my mom is, you know, she's the mom that you don't want to call. So you just, I was like, Mm. don't call Brenda. I'll come, you know, I'll figure it out. (laughs) Oh, no. Right. So I came and I music directed the show and I loved it. Uh, wow. and I did that, I think for a couple of years and then, um, you know, it was my old high school and then I started subbing there. Um, and then they gave me a job at like the elementary school teaching, um, computer and I started teaching music there that I, like, I got into the teaching thing. Like I, I loved it. I fell in love with it and that's how everything kind of got going in a really That's, weird way. I owe I everything to my high school theater teacher. She's retiring this year, but like I, I tell her all the time, like every, every time anything happens to me on Facebook and she like posts, I'm always like, it's me. You, you did this by the way. Thank you. You know, cause she, she got it going. Honestly, like, yeah. I'm not going to say I'm tearing up, but like, Don't I'm tear- <laughs> high school theater teachers, man. That's where it's at. But she did like, she, she did. She, she got me. I'm like, cause I, I really was like, I hate kids. Teaching is not not mm. where it's at for me. But yeah, she she's the one who got it going. So I, I'm just so curious that because right, like you said, you hated kids. Like that was such a plot twist. I was not expecting. I know it's so funny whenever like whenever my kids ask me, you know, like how did you get it? I was like, it's so funny because I thought that I I hated kids, and they're like, well, sometimes we feel like you do. <laughs> And I'm 
like, oh no. I mean, sometimes y'all make me feel like that now. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. I mean, because it's, I, I, I want to say that's a very real thing. Cause I think that could be applied to a lot of different contexts where people might limit themselves to what they can do because they think they feel a certain way. Right. Oh like, my gosh. What do you know at 18 about your life? <laughs> You know, it's so funny that you're, you're asked at 18 to decide what you're going to be for the rest of your life. What did I know at 18? You know what I mean? At 18, Mm -hmm. I, I knew I hated kids at 18. I did. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Of course I did. When I was babysitting my sister, of course I hated kids. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that was your perspective. That was my perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, at 43, not so much. Right, right. Because yeah, you like shift, you evolve. And I'm curious of like, when you were doing that music direction for Oklahoma, okay, mm-hmm. you have your key, your, your keyboard, your piano, whatever you're working on. Yeah. What, what in those kind of rehearsal process, what do you remember what unlocked for you where you were like, oh, this, this is fun. It was just so easy. Huh? Okay. It was just, I remember I remember being so nervous and being so stressed. Now, keep in mind, my sister was in school at the time. Like, so these were all of her friends um, because we're five years apart. So this, right. So I, I, I just remember being so nervous, you know what I mean? And they knew me and like, they think I'm like, you know, this great, you know, like musician and all these things. And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. And I, and I, I had done Oklahoma, I think once in high school, you know what I mean? Like, but what did I really remember about it? And you know what I'm saying? But like, I, mm-hmm. I just remember being so nervous. And then I remember getting behind the P and just, it was just so, so effortless and easy. It was just, yeah. it was just so easy for me. Um, and then, and I remember leaving the first rehearsal being like, Oh, like I'm, Oh, okay. Well, like I can do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and by the time the show was over, I remember that process going through that process, feeling something throughout that process, you shift from, oh, I can do this to, oh, I'm kind of good at this. You know what I mean? Like there's Uh a shift that happens, you know, and like that's, you know, that's kind of, that's what I, one of the things I enjoy most in teaching. Like if you can, if you can make that shift happen for a kid, you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's the thing. Like that's the, that's the gold, right? Like if you can make them think, if you can find that for them, right? Like, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what it's about. So yeah, that's what it was for me. Like, oh, okay. This is, this is good. This is a good, this is a good thing. I, I, this is a, I can do this part. Yeah. Like, and I this, like this. Like this right. is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so, and, and, and to this day, like, that's my, that's my favorite thing to do. The, the music directing, you know, the music directing shows with, with the kids is probably still hands down my favorite thing to do. Is it? Mm-hmm. Cause I was going to ask too, cause, um, for those listening, um, Tally, you worked at Stages St. Louis being the director of education and outreach and the director and music director of the like pre-professional groups mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I wanted to hear about kind of wearing those different hats, like how do they inform each other? And so it sounds like you you love being kind of like hands-on with the kids of teaching yeah. them. Oh my gosh. Well, it, I, it was exhausting. I don't recommend it. <laughs> 
is not smart. It was not a smart decision on my part. Um, cause I never slept, but, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone thought that that was just such a hard thing to do, but it was just such a brilliant, like masterful plan that, you know, they always, you know, when, when you, when I look back on that time, people really thought like, oh my God, your programming, your programming was so brilliant, but I had the inside track in those kids, you know what I mean? Like, you know, we, I remember, you know, coming on to stages and they had just built this new building and, you know, we were kind of charged with really kind of, um, you know, tr almost trip, uh, doubling the, the revenue of the Academy, um, and how hard that, that was. And, and, you know, there, there was a, there was a lot of kind of no brainer, like they didn't perform, they didn't do a lot of things that was kind of like a no brainer. Like if you do these things, like kind of like if you build it, they will come type of stuff. And so we, add, you know, I added all, we added all these components that, that really seemed to work And the pre-professional groups were one of them, you know, adding like a season of six youth theater shows was, was another thing. And it was like kind of a pay to play, you know, you, you can't be in certain shows unless you're registered in classes and, you know, stuff like that, that kind of really boosted mm. up the, the class registrations. And mm. so, and same thing with the, with the, with the pre-professional groups, like in order to be in the groups, you had to be enrolled in classes and stuff like that. And so for the kids, like having them with me all the time, and I had both groups, I had the middle school group and which was a feeder for the teen group um having them several nights a week and then you know we're in show rehearsals every night you know and and the teen group traveled so we traveled to, I mean I, you know and they were also some of them my private lesson students I mean I, they, I we barely lived together you know what I'm saying and so I <laughs> yeah. I knew their schedule better than I knew mine so I knew when to have those dance classes because I knew how many kids would be available on a Wednesday night I knew you know what I'm saying I knew when mm -hmm. So it's, it wasn't that I was just this genius, you know what I mean? I just kind of had the inside track to know because I was working with them so much. And I knew, mm -hmm. you know, um, if we were going to have a contemporary Broadway class, what are the four shows that's kind of like forbidden fruit that their high school can't do because it's oh. racy or it's whatever, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like the high schools can't do Heathers, but I can Right. You know what I'm saying? Or the high schools mm -hmm. can't, you know, they can't offer a class on what, you know, I don't know what, a, you know, a yeah. mean girls study class or, or you know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, all the things that they want to do that they may ne not necessarily be able to dive into in school. I can offer that at stages. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they were, they were, they were going yeah. to give me the inside track, you know, um, I would, I kind of turned their summer camp show into like the kind of like that was like the dangling the apple for them like if, if we have a good year of whatever like the summer show you can kind of help me choose what the summer show is you know and that was that was the, the kind of their bad apple show like they would do rent and they would do heathers and they would do oh. you know all those type of shows that they wanted to do so I, I they were really involved you know what I mean and and I listened, I listened and they had, they had good ideas. And then I evaluated them, you know, that was part of the program. They got evaluated, you know, every quarter, every semester. So if they were struggling and they were weak in ballet, then I went out and recruited, you know, these top notch ballet instructors. And I added different levels of different classes to, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's really how the, the job worked.
Um, and, 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 and I mean, it, it, it worked for me and it, and it really helped them. I remember probably, I mean, maybe my first year of the teen troupe, every single one of them got into a performing arts, you know, program for college, just because we were able to kind of cater the classes to what they needed, you know, to get into whatever program they were, we, they were trying, you know, to do. We just kind of had that freedom to do it. Um, yeah. So it worked out for, for everybody. I, I mean, that's, I love that. That's amazing. And it totally makes sense that you were able to like, I'm doing a gesture with my hands of like lacing my fingers together. I don't know if you can see that, but that they could kind of fit and nest together so well. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that you said that you listened to them because I think that is so crucial that a lot of people miss when it comes to education. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I guess my question with that is like why don't people listen like I don't know I'm just you know what what is what is I don't know if it's advice that you give to fellow educators like why do you think listening to kids isn't something that people do well oh I just think it's because we're adults and we think we know more you know the Mm -hmm. age and experience in a lot of ways we do you know I I'm not I'm not saying that that we don't um but it's not to say that there's not value in what they have to say right um and it's not, you know, you can't ever, you can't ever um, negate. I mean, they, they, they are. There is benefit. <laughs> there yeah. is value. You know, you if you if you give it a chance, there, there, it is worthwhile. You now, you may have to sift through. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may have to sift right. through quite a bit to get to the <laughs> to get to like the center. The gems. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. of the Tootsie Pop but like, <laughs> but there's typically value um there I mean I at least you know there has been for me uh there you know especially again like my my existence thank goodness my existence with them is different my environment is different you know I haven't been a classroom teacher for a really really long time and I just realized that Mm. that's not for me the environment that I exist with kids and teens in is a lot different you know it's not in a formal in school you know graded environment right I get to exist with them it's a different kind of relationship they don't have to be with me they never mm-hmm. have to be with me it's mm-hmm. a choice to be with me um, right. and they're coming in with a love and a respect for what I do in a totally different way and a need mm. for what I do in a totally different way than if I were their classroom teacher that's a good point. Um, so there, yeah. I have a different benefit, um, and I and I acknowledge that. I fully acknowledge that. Right. It's yeah. It doesn't feel like it's an obligation. Right. They're enthusiastically choosing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm and more often than not, I'm choosing them. More often than not, they've had to audition to be with me. Right. And so I mean, you've taught in so many different contexts. Mm-hmm. I know you were at the the Tennessee Performing Arts Center. Mm-hmm. Um, you, like you mentioned, you had your own private lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's something you think 
your students have taught you? Oh my gosh, so many things. Um, oh wow. I mean, my oh gosh. I mean, er- everything I am as as a teacher, I've learned from them. Like my whole teaching style, I, mm. I, everything. Um, I am not a teacher who um, overly overly plans and dictates who who they're going to be and how our process is going to be. Mm. Obviously, you know, if you're in theater, like you, there's, there's an objective, right? The, the, <laughs> there's a performance, there's a, there's a culminating, you know, thing. It, it, you have to deliver something, right? right. Um, and, and, and it has to be of quality and it has to be a, uh, you know, but if it's about you and your expectation and um, like a reflection of you and it, your name is on it and it has to, you know what I mean? If, you know what I mean? If you go into it with, you know, with, with that type type of type of thing, it's just, that it never goes on. That's just, <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> um, you know what I mean? Um, more than anything, you know, it's about them. It's about their experience. It's about uh, their process, what they get out of it. It's about what's the win for them. And, and in truth, there's a collective win and there's an individual win. And I feel like you have to know what that is for all of them. Oh, yeah. You totally. know, like if, if, if you're really, really invested, it's good to know what that win is for all of them. You know, some of them is, oh my gosh, I came out on that stage and I knew all my lines and I didn't throw up. Right. Right. You know what I mean? For some of them, it's not, I got into Michigan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't give, they could care less, you know, like that, that is the, li- that is the furthest, you know what I'm saying? That they, they know they're never going, they know they're never going to get close and that is okay. You know yeah. what I mean? But the yeah. person to their right, that is their goal and you have to help that person get there. Just as much as you have to help the person on the left not throw up. Yep, absolutely. Both goals are valid. Mm -hmm. Both goals are valid. And you can't make one or the other feel less than. Absolutely. And you have to honor, you know, both. So that's probably been the biggest journey for me as a teacher. Yeah. Now that I've kind of moved out, especially that I've moved out of the classroom and I've also moved out of having a really diverse group and having more everybody kind of be on a on a higher level um, mm-hmm. where they're more, you know, everybody's kind of more competitive um, and everybody wants, you know, kind of to be in a collegiate program or kind of wants to do it professionally they do want to, you know, they all do want to be on a, on a collegiate level. They all do kind of want to do it professionally, but they're still, it's still different, still very different. Wins are still very, very different for them. You still have to still break it down to the least common denominator and get to, okay, so what is this for you? Like, what's the struggle for you? What's the journey for you? Why, like, there's, you still can't paint them all with that same brush, you know? You mm-hmm. still have to individualize um, each, each kid's journey. If, if you want to be invested and make those connections, which is hard to do, but it's worth it. If you, if you can, it feels like a lot of plate spinning, (laughs) It's a lot (laughs) of plate spinning, but that is the kind of, that's my, that's, 
I'm my best when I'm able to do that. That's what right. I found. I'm, I'm at right. my best if I can do that. I enjoy it more. Um, I'm better for them in that way. Um, and I am more fulfilled if I'm able to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't really work for me. I have now found any other way but that. And I have to know, too, even though it's like you said, you haven't been teaching in the classroom for a long time. But like, have you and your teacher parents swap stories and tips and all of these things? Oh, yeah. They think I'm nuts. (laughs) Both of them. It's funny. My dad is a retired like college basketball coach. Oh, okay. And he's he thinks I'm nuts. So it's funny. Yeah, they both think I'm nuts. But, you know, they're like, hats off to you, kids. But, yeah, they think I'm crazy. Well, it's like you, you know, you kind of ended up where they, I know, anyway, I know, (laughs) I know we totally trade, we totally trade war stories for sure. And so as you, you became the first director of education for the Muni Mm -hmm. in 2019, that Mm -hmm. is, I mean, I just think that's so exciting. Like, cause you really get to shape the vision of your role when you're the first. Yes. Um, and I wanted to hear a bit about the beginnings, what the initial objective was. How did you feel going to the Muni? Talk me through those those early moments. Well, it was super exciting. Uh, of course, it's the Muni. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. And I mean, and obviously, I I'd been here in St. Louis for a while, so that was that was definitely a, a a really exciting thing. And I and I had already had you know I I'd been training a lot of kids for for muni auditions for a really really long time and so there was cross I mean I'd already had crossover of of kids that were there and all of that so that was exciting you know what I mean to 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 get to be around them more um so I wasn't losing you know what I mean I wasn't losing kids um Uh so that was exciting And, and and yeah it was it was uh blank canvas kind of yeah they they had already had we already had education programs that were running but they were kind of like fragmented um each you know they were run like by separate departments like they weren't all under one umbrella so that was kind of why the position was created to kind of bring everything under one umbrella um and I was just kind of tasked with evaluating them and seeing you know what was viable and and what needed to be adjusted or you know anything like that but I you know I'm not a person to like come in and change stuff so I was like I want to see everything run and it's and it's you know you know let me see everything run it's full year and and see how it actually works and all of that and then we'll 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 take a look at it and see at the end of the year if anything needs to be changed or amended or how we can improve or or anything like that. And then in my eighth month, COVID hit. So I have not, I have not had a, had a full year yet. Um, I haven't even had a season yet um, to see anything in its, in its full, full fruition to, to know for sure um, what should stay, what should go. If, if anything, Um, I, I got a virtual program off, off the ground and um I did get uh you know a a master class series off the ground in person when I first got you know got there that was like the first thing that I got going um 
and I, you know, I've done a lot of work with, you know, with kids and teens and auditions and stuff like that. But other than that, I haven't really been able to, um, do a, a ton, you know, now, if you ask, yeah. if you ask, you know, some people, they're like, oh my God, you know, she, she got two programs going and she got, you know, which, <laughs> which is a lot and it's, and, and I'm proud of it, but you know, I, I am, you know, I'm 180 miles per hour. So yes. that, you know, yes, that is a lot, but I, I would, I would be, for me, I feel like I should just be doing, I would be doing way more, you know what I mean? Right. Um, yes. so yeah, I mean, we're, we'll, we'll be, um, our, our, our office is under, is under construction right now. So we'll be back in May and, you know, hit the ground running and I'll really get to see what it's like. And that, and for the first time, really, truly. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. Oh, I know. No, we got to come back. That get, dang back COVID. I know. Oh, I know. I know. I know. But I mean, you know, the virtual program I'm super proud of. I, you know, we started the, you know, this program called UniU where um, we go into high school theater classes. It's kind of winding down now, but we went to high school theater classes and um, took a lot of Muni family, meaning um, all designers, creatives, actors, um, uh, choreographers, directors, lighting designers, sound engineer, you know, stage managers, everybody backstage on stage, muni staff in marketing and, um, myself and administration. And, um, you know, came that, that went into the classroom and did workshops and lessons and Q and a, um, on all aspects of, of putting on a show just to give like a lot of our out of, out of work, um, you know, actors and performers and, and designers, you know, just to be able to share their experience and um, with a lot of these theater classes and to give a lot of, a lot of the theater teachers a break who were constantly trying to come oh. up with online content. I mean, to have to teach a performance class online is the most difficult thing. Like, I'm so glad I do. I was not a classroom <laughs> teacher this last year. Um, right. I mean, I teach at Webster and having, I'm a teach voice at, at, at Webster and having to teach that online was extremely difficult. Um, yeah. so, uh, so that, and that was a really successful program for us. So I was, you know, that, that took up a lot of my time and I was excited about that, but I, I, I would just love to get going with some more in-person stuff like everybody else in the world. So, right. You are energized and mobilized and ready to go. Yes. So ready to go. Well, and I'm curious too, I've been talking to a lot of folks, you know, for the podcast and just in life about, you know, how 2020 has changed us as people and as artists. And I'm curious to hear your answer to that too. It's definitely forced me to slow down, which I had a really, really hard time with at first mm. a really hard time much harder than I expected um really yeah I really had a hard time just not I mean the I mean you were forced to isolate and do nothing <laughs> right you know what I mean two things that I I have learned that I am not good at you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> that I that I was literally you had no choice um, yeah. so I learned that about myself. 
Um, and, and then once I got through, you know, that rough patch, I learned that like, you know, because I am a person that is going, going and, and always moving to the next thing, I never allowed myself, which people have kind of been on me about, especially in my professional life and especially in working with children that I never really allow myself to enjoy like good moments, proud moments. Like I don't take time to like relish in that, you know what I mean? To be proud of myself. Mm -hmm. And I'll take the moments like be proud of the kids and all that kind of stuff. But I don't, you know what I mean? I just don't stop, I guess. And like quote unquote, smell those roses a lot in life. You know what I mean? Uh, And I will say that 2020 really, really, you know, in, in the, while kicking whilst kicking my butt (laughs) you know what I mean um forced you know it forced me to do that too that was probably the one good thing that that came out of that like you know in slowing it down like it really forced me to do that too so that's a good that's a that's a good change that has come out of that that I hope I will continue to do is really it forced me to slow down and like take those moments to really just acknowledge good things, important things. Um, and I, you know, I'm hoping to carry that with me. I think in truth, I was burnt out. You know, my, my schedule at stages was so intense. Um, Mm -hmm. I accomplished a lot of good things there, but I sacrificed a lot to accomplish those good things. Um, which is really why I came to the Muni. Um, you know, the mute, my muni schedule was a lot less demanding <laughs> than my uh-huh. stages schedule. Um, and so I, and I, I realized now that I wanted that change because I was so burnt out, you know, my muni, you know, what my, my muni role, um, doesn't have a lot of the creativity that the stages role had. Um, you know, I'm not teaching as much. I'm not directing as much. I'm not music directing, you know, I'm not doing any of those things. And I thought when I left stages, I thought, I just, I think I'm just over that. I think I'm just done with that. I think I've, I've done all that I need to do there. I think I'm ready Mm -hmm. to move on. That was, that was what I thought at the time. But now I realize I was just burnt out. I'm not done. So I think that's the, because I missed it this past year. I think that's the artist part. I've missed that creative outlet. Um, So now I'm starting to get back into that. Like I've taken on the private lessons more just to have the interaction with the kids and, and, you know, more teaching. And, um, you know, I think I'll, you know, I'll probably take on, get back into doing shows and stuff when the world opens back up a little bit more. You know what I mean? I think I've missed that, that outlet and that, interaction um so yeah rough year but 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 you know some good realizations absolutely I feel like that's a a good general consensus too is like a lot of time to reflect and Mm -hmm. recalibrate in that way Mm -hmm. do you and I was gonna ask that too do you still and I guess before corona times like do you still perform piano or any musical things like that or is it mostly through the the music direction yeah I mean yeah it's mostly through that like I never really did the solo piano thing anyway I mean it was all it was always really pretty I've always been a collaborative pianist more than anything you know meaning like accompanying people or or playing for shows or you know right right 
Well, and and I mean, because I was curious about that too. And I I talked to um, Kalina Bovell was a was a podcast alum earlier this season who was mm-hmm. a conductor for um, the Memphis Symphony, mm-hmm. and or she's the assistant conductor for the Memphis Symphony, and she works with the youth orchestra. And you know, we talked about. I, I told her I was like, anytime I hear <laughs> of a black artist really thriving, like in the music space, and particularly with her because of classical music, I think of like Nina Simone, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Back then, like, she was told, no, you should be doing jazz and, like, you know, Mm -hmm. all all these other, like, black, quote, genres. And Mm -hmm. she just wanted to play classical piano. And I know you were saying, like, Carnegie Hall wasn't the vibe for you. But I'm just curious of, like, even when you were younger and now, too, like, what has your experience emotionally been? Because... I mean, the arts as a whole is fairly like old white men, but music, mm. I think in particular, too, can be. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious of your thoughts and your experiences with that. Yeah, I think, I, I guess I can't attribute it to just one genre. I think I'll just say my career as a whole. I think it's it's exhaustion. It's, mm-hmm. it's fatigue and it's emotional exhaustion. <laughs> is what... Mm. Um, and, I, you know, um, but it's such, um, it's such a conflicting emotion, even talking about it. Um, it, it's also been super rewarding because of the opportunities that I've been able to give these young black kids in the position mm. that I've been in, that I know if I weren't there, they wouldn't have had it. Mm-hmm. And that I know, I, I mean, I, that I know that, I know that yeah. if I, if I weren't in the seats that I've been in, you know, and maybe not just yeah. young black kids, maybe the black teachers that I've been able to hire or the black, uh-huh. you know, pit members or, you know, interns or what, whatever, you know, some of the seats that I've been blessed to sit in, I know that there are, are black people that would not, you know, be able to be sitting with me if I weren't there, but what I've had to go through Mm. to get them there has been exhausting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Being the trailblazer, being the pioneer in those spaces is always (laughs) exhausting. For sure. For sure. But, (laughs) um, but worth it, you know, worth it. Well worth it for them to have it would do it over and over and over again, but definitely, um, exhausting. And, and, you know, you're human, you know, you're a human being. It may, it may, you know, you, you, you feel like how, how, how long do you have to continue to, you know, obviously my parents, you know, I grew up in the, in the civil rights movement and you just like, how, how long do you have to, <laughs> we have to continue to fight for this? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, um, so it's, you know, it's always good to be able to talk to them and vent and say, you know, say all the things and have all the conversations. And, um, right. and my father integrated his college. So. Wow. It's definitely, um, I, and I, the Muni, is the first professional job I have had that I was not the only black person when I was hired. 
Whew, isn't that something? At 40, I was 42 when I started at the Muni. 42 years old is the first time I was not the only black person on staff in my life. So I think that's a common statistic. I really do. Yeah. So it's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. It is. Um, But again, it's, it's, it's worth it to be able to provide the opportunities that I have had, you know, to have the career Mm -hmm. that I have now, if I can provide that for somebody else, I'm going to do that every time. It's just a shame. Right. Yeah. It's not the way it should be. (laughs) That in 20, that it it took 2019 until 2019 for me to have a job where I saw another black face for the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now that's not to say that there have been jobs that have hired people, you know, black after I've gotten there, that's definitely happening. I'm just saying, that when I've started jobs I've been the only I feel like you know the industry especially this year has really been talking about diversity Mm -hmm. and inclusion and all Mm -hmm. these things and Daniel J Watts said this at a at a Broadway Advocacy Coalition um, uh, event he said we need equity and I'm like I feel like what you Mm -hmm. just said is such an important example Mm -hmm. of that it's like no Tally cannot be the only black person and you fill the quota on your Mm -hmm. team like it's Mm -hmm. gotta be equal y'all mm-hmm. and so I mean that's just such a tangible example I feel like of that exact thing because sometimes being the only is worse mm. okay I want that tattooed on my forehead <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. what you have to go through and what that feels like uh what you have to endure sometimes it's you know I I've been the only now my whole life again until now Sometimes is in some in a lot of situations where I've had to be the only it it is it is it is it has been worse. Sometimes it has not been worth it. I will t- I will tell you. <laughs> Sometimes it has not been worth it. Um, you know, obviously, if, if I've ever been able to do anything for a kid or anybody like that, sure. But like, yeah, I mean, sometimes it's 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 way harder. Yeah. Well, it is because there's so much pressure then put on mm-hmm. you to be the representative for. Oh all my gosh, people. for the whole race. <laughs> <laughs> the whole yep. race. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What are so? What are your in those moments? Like, what were the self care practices? How did you navigate that? Like that burnout and the emotional exhaustion you're talking about. I have a good tribe. Um, mm-hmm. I have a really good tribe um, that that gets it, that gets it, yeah. that gets my life, um, and that's that's separate from my that's separate from my life, um, that's separate from this business. Um, oh yeah, you know that that doesn't have that could care less really about what I do for a living. Um, right. So it's good that it's really good for me to kind of just decompress in that, in that way. That helps a lot. Um, I work with children who are of a different generation. Mm. And they are so much more evolved 
yeah than we are than their parents are then um they are so much more evolved and accepting and um you know welcoming and willing and you know all of the things they really truly are they really really are and it makes it so much easier so much easier to um drown out a lot of the foolishness Mm. um so that helps that helps a lot that help that has helped me a lot um is that because that you know they they really um way further along uh than we as adults are um so that makes it a lot a lot easier um absolutely yeah Yeah, even seeing like the gen z on tiktok and and things like that too i'm like oh yeah like and they really don't have any tolerance for the bs they really don't they don't they do not putting it yes they do not out yeah they will call it out uh (laughs) they will call it out they will get you together they have no tolerance um (laughs) i love it i love every bit of it uh and they do they 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 don't get it they don't get it um mm-hmm. you know they don't get mm-hmm. it so i enjoy that that and that helps me a lot and that gives me it gives me a lot of hope um yes. and so that that i i have i have used that um when i you know because sometimes you you know when you're the only you you can feel under attack sometimes um and so in those moments that has helped a lot too well especially as a black woman too like it's oh god yeah (laughs) right i don't have to say it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. is if you push back are you an angry black woman yeah you know and it's like it's it's just something that you know that everyone else is, doesn't have to be aware of so they they don't it's not even on their radar at yeah. all yeah um yeah so i i mean i'm glad that gen z is keeping you refreshed but, <laughs> they um, do they do yeah. they definitely do bless them i'm hoping there's more you know more places become like the muni where it's not someone just being the only you know yeah i do hope that i hope so too i i I think, you know, I, I think people just being a, aware of it, I think, you know, it, it seems like a lot of institutions are, are taking strides to um, make some changes mm-hmm. um, and make some genuine changes, not just mm-hmm. superficial ones. Yeah, performative, um, right. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, time will tell. It always does. But I, 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 I think I think that that is the case and certainly hope so. And I'm curious, too. I mean, this might just be my ignorant mind, but I, I wanted to talk to you about arts in like the Midwest. Right. Because mm-hmm. obviously there are cities like St. Louis. There's there's mm-hmm. these cities across the Midwest. But I'm curious to hear your take like. 
I, I don't know. Maybe th- maybe this is me thinking more politically minded, right? If we think about like, oh, the coastal elites and people are like, you know, that's where the metropolitan cities are and, and mm-hmm. that's where all the arts is happening. But there is so much happening arts-wise in the Midwest, don't you think? Right. Yeah, no, they're, they're definitely. I was actually surprised. I lived in Chicago before I came here. Oh, okay. And, and so, I, you know, I was like, well, the only arts <laughs> in the Midwest are in Chicago. <laughs> that was, like, my perspective. Um, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's what Which, which I think that area. that's most people's perspective, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But then when I got here, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I can, ha- I can have a career here? Like, a re- you know what I mean? And, like... <laughs> You know, and legitimately have had a career here where, like, I have not left. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the the arts, de- I mean, there's definitely a, a very thriving arts community in, in St. Louis, for sure. Um, and I and I believe that is the case in um, in 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 the major Midwestern cities. I think so. I have a friend that calls them um, the the blue dots in a red sea. Mm, um, mm-hmm. But that's what they are. But I think that that's, you know, I think that's what Nashville is, you know, yeah. um, you know, with a, with a lot of these cities. Because I, I was talking to a friend the other day, too, about how he thinks people, you know, after this COVID moment, people have left New York and mm-hmm. maybe some people move back. But he thinks maybe now there there will be this kind of like regional house renaissance Mm. across the country and I was like oh that could be interesting that could be interesting I never even thought of that that is Mm -hmm. actually very interesting Mm -hmm. and that back to Seattle or yeah that's a really great that's a really great um idea that I I that I would love to see happen god willing all these theaters survive you know what I mean? Oh, I, 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 know. I really, really hope that, that, you know, that everybody can hang in there and, and survive. Yeah. I think that's the one thing about, you know, our society that, you know, that, that we can't get away from, um, no matter how hard we may try, is that the arts are essential. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you, you just can't run, you know, we're just not gonna let you run from that, you know? Um, yep. And, yes, and yes. And it's going to pop up in every neighborhood that we have um, if you let us. So um, in every every big city that you've got, somebody's going to form a theater. Somebody's going to get together and form some kind of, you know, musical society. And that and that's how that all that stuff mm. comes to be. And and um, so every every city has one. You know, I, I think that that's that's just just who we are as a society now yes so i think anybody can go to any major city and 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 find a culture a community that that they can belong to and arts is such a good like tether for that you know yeah. what i'm saying like yeah you're you're absolutely right yeah oof well i'm excited for it because i think like it can be such an important um refuge for people so to find those agreed blue dots those little arts communities you know across the country <laughs> I love that that's so good yeah um well to wrap up the podcast I mean I love talking to you and I know, I know so me too. longer <laughs> um that is kind of in that same vein in the sense of if you could recommend um 
sorry, let me say that again. So if you could recommend a piece of black art, whether that is a, a musical album, a TV show, um, a book for our listeners to take in, what would it be? And if you want to do a top five, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, can I recommend an organization instead? Is that bad? Sure. No. By all I means. am really, really, really. I, I am uh, my, I'm my passion project right now <laughs> is this organization called Muse. There, you do. Are you familiar with them? They're out of New York. Mm-mm. They're the Musicians United for Social Equity. Oh, Muse. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm riding so hard for them. Yes. (laughs) And I want everybody to ride hard for them too. (laughs) And they're just, (laughs) and so they're just committed to creating diversity within like music departments of the theater industry by providing access, internships, mentorships, and support to historically marginalized people of color please check them out and support me. It started with a bunch of Broadway music directors and, 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 and musicians and accompanists and composers and all of that. And um, which is a very marginalized group, which should have way more work and equity and value than they do. And um, I believe in their art form absolutely that's great well the second question was going to be if you could give a shout out to a fellow black artist oh sorry (laughs) no i was gonna say perhaps it's a two for one it's a two oh okay well then black artists i'm just gonna say all all of my black students because i never get to shout them out usually i have to say all of my students which you know i do love all of my students but i never get to Mm -hmm. shout out my black ones yes (laughs) so Uh, past and present i love you guys proud of you honor you keep up the good work because I never oh. get to single them out. Because that would You're not... making me tear up again. Don't tear up. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be like, you didn't call us by name. See, it's not going to be good enough. But. <laughs> oh, y'all, she's. No, that's. Look, you wouldn't have time to list everyone. And so, that's like, right. as a collective. They, you yes. know who you are. Oh, <laughs> and I'm glad they're listening. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Shout out to y'all for doing it. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, I mean, this has been just as wonderful as I knew it would be. And I'm so oh, glad yay. we got to connect. Um, if too. folks listening want to follow you and follow along on your journey on social media or a website, where can they do that? Oh, it's just Tally Allen on Instagram. Same thing on Facebook. Easy breezy. We'd love to see it. Thank you so much for being here today. I, I really appreciate it. And I feel, yes, this was so great. Um, and hopefully, you know, the Muni and, and the world, the theater world will be back up and running again. Yes. And enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. Until next time, y'all. Bye.